Welcome to Lassoing Leadership. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jason Rogers, and I'm the head of school at Rundle in Calgary, Alberta. And I'm Garth Nichols, the other co-host from Havergal College in downtown Toronto. And this is season two of the podcast, where we dive into individual episodes of the hit TV series, Ted Lasso, to learn more about how to lead in a better, kinder, and more compelling way. We've created this podcast out of our love of learning, leadership, and of course, Lasso. We're looking forward to season two, where the show takes on new challenges of leadership, introduces new characters, and adds depth to existing ones. It's going to be a great season for all of us. Yeah, and one of our big learnings uh, for us personally from season one was that we had uh, identified some of our own blind spots. So you can look forward to more guests to help us to expand our perspectives on leadership. Uh, in this podcast, we aim for no more than 20 minutes per episode, uh, where we talk about our favorite characters of the episode, leadership nuggets of gold. Uh, we also look to take a stab at renaming each episode. And just for fun, we leave you with a leadership challenge based on what we've learned. I guess if they stick around to the end, Garth, they might hear a thing or two about the exciting guests we've got coming up, but they'll have to yep. you know, hold out the whole 15 minutes. And with yep. each episode, we love to hear what our listeners are saying. Uh, Garth, have you heard anything recently? What are people saying out there? Yeah, like this past week, I think that uh, our listeners are hearing us about our blind spots. Uh, we've had some colleagues reach out from different places of work, business, industry, and education. Uh, and how's this for taking a leap, Jason? Calling one, one person is calling us into a conversation with them about the role of the characters in the show who identify as female and wants to talk about it from a female perspective. And, and we can't say how much we appreciate that. Uh, we're trying to have Dr. Claire Kelly and Dr. Katrina Sampson on before the end of this year. And these are two incredibly powerful leaders in independent schools across Canada. Uh, and they both have an intentional focus on supporting female educational leadership. So I'm super excited about that. Oh, yeah. And Dr. Katrina Sampson is my principal. It's amazing. Uh, three doctors in one room. I wonder what that's going to look like. Uh, pretty exciting times. Anyways, this part, podcast started out as a way to bring out leadership lessons, and it's turning into an amazing learning experience for us all because of our listeners. Now, speaking of which, I was actually in Vancouver this past week, and uh, there were a whole bunch of our listeners there. I got to attend the Apple Summit for Leaders in Education, and I heard from our friends at Upper Canada College and West Point Grey. Some are listeners and some will be listeners. I spent a little time convincing them to jump in. And uh, more than anything, the energy is good and people are really into this conversation about leadership. So and, and uh, Jason, you have a, you have a Jason, Dr. Jason Rogers also has a blog. <laughs> Uh, and he's going to be blogging about some of the stuff from that Apple Summit. I, uh, I, look, I do look forward to that, Jason. Yeah, drjbrogers.com. And uh, they're talking about their new product, not AI, but HI. HI. Yeah. HI. It was a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, but they're talking about human intelligence and what it means when we connect, just like we're connecting on this podcast. And we're yeah. looking at diversity of experience and background. And uh, that was really the theme of, of the summit. So that was uh, pretty excellent. But Garth... What have you heard? You've been out and around. I know you've been on some experience as well. Tell, tell our yeah. listeners what you've, been, what you've been hearing. Well, huge shout out to my senior basketball team. Uh, we just returned from Winnipeg. We actually played against your school, Jason. I understand uh, it didn't go so well for us, Garth. It, uh, we, yeah, I mean, basketball really won that game, but uh, we scored more <laughs> points. So we just returned from Winnipeg in a national tournament. Uh, I'm so proud of my team. They uh, huge finish, uh, differential in finish from last year. So really pleased that we finished sixth, an incredible jump from last year. Congratulations. Um, but, I, but they are some of them are kind of listening, listening to the pod as much as teenagers listen to anything over 30 seconds. Um, but I'm going to tell you how they stumbled upon it. 
so at this at this tournament, you know, we had eleven people playing on the team and making sure we'd come a long way and all that stuff. So I wanted to make sure we had balanced floor time. Mm-hmm. And there was one point in time in one game where I was about to put uh, one of my players on, and she turned to me and was like, "You don't have enough ball handlers on the floor." I'm like, "It's all good. Just go in." Um, and she she went in, and we did like we did fine. Right? Yeah. But after that, there was a little bit of weird energy. And so we were out to dinner later that night. And I said, uh, I sat down with the team and I said, hey, listen, great games today. I do want to talk about there's a little bit of weird energy about some substitutions and like, talk to me. And so this one, one of my players, Emerson, said, oh, yes, I've been thinking a lot about this, <laughs> coach. Um, and so they went around the table and they explained to me that they didn't feel comfortable with the way that I was subbing people in and out. And we had a great conversation, but a lot of it from the students were couched in this, like, we don't want to insult you. Mm-hmm. Like, like actually one of my players, Mina, she said, she said, this is constructive criticism. Right. Yeah. And I don't know what my body language was at the time, but I, I turned to them and I said, I said, team, this is the biggest compliment you could ever give me right? They're actually giving their coach feedback. That power dynamic is leveling out. Um, and I was really proud of them for that. And so the next day uh, we had a different, different team that was playing. Um, at the end of every game, I give out a little player of the player of the game award. And I said before, at the end of that game, I said, before we give out the player of the game award, how did I do? Because I took your feedback mm-hmm. and we had this great moment. It was like, no, you listened to us and you actually, actually did a good job. <laughs> Uh, so that was a really, really nice way. And I said, you know, I'm, we talk about leadership and actually the team that we just played, the head of school and I do a podcast. You have a podcast. Anyway, <laughs> so it was really it was really great. They stumbled upon it. And now, Jason, they want to be on the podcast. So, well, Garth, I you know, it, doesn't, it sounds like basketball won the game. And I love that. But it also sounds like leadership won the game. Congratulations so to too. you and your team. I think that yeah. is pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. And Jason, also congratulations to you and I, because we actually have some exciting news to share with our listeners as well. I do. I, uh, your mom and dad have tuned in, Garth? Is yeah, that the, uh, not, <laughs> no, not yet. I Bigger doubt than that. It's hard to believe. I'm not even sure they've watched the show. But anyway, <laughs> um, we're excited to announce that we've actually been accepted to do a live podcast recording at the Case National Leaders Conference. Now, that's in April. It's in Vancouver. Um, but that's something that we uh, applied for. It's something we've been uh, given the opportunity to do. So we're really excited about that. And uh, Jason, do you want to talk about who we're trying to get on that show? Yeah, but before I do that, Garth, do you know anything about what, recording a live podcast? No. So we're open to suggestions, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Neither do I. Neither do I. But we want to have a special guest on the show. Uh, do you have any guesses who it might be, Garth? Any any first guesses? Um, I think we would go big. So I'm thinking someone from maybe the MLS soccer team. Perhaps. I was thinking Sudeikis. You know, I don't want to go too big. But, uh, you know, if Sudeikis, Reynolds, or somebody from the Whitecaps aren't available, uh, I think I'll settle for the mayor of Vancouver. So, Ken, Sim, this is a shout out to you. I know I've sent an official invite, but I'd love to get back to me because I know you're probably a listener. So uh, with any luck, both fingers are crossed, would be Sudeikis. Maybe Ryan Reynolds or yeah. Mayor Sim. That'd be uh, unbelievable. Yeah, and if any of our listeners, because we know we have you on our on the West Coast, if any of you know anyone who might be a good podcast guest, we would love to hear from you, because we listen to you. 
Absolutely. Back to listening. So let's jump into the 30-second summary. I'll take this one, Garth. Uh, Jamie is booked, or sorry, is kicked off a reality dating show, and he's not been welcomed back to his old soccer club. Essentially, he has been abandoned. In all this loss, he reaches out to Ted, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit later in the podcast, to be considered to come back to AFC Richmond. Meanwhile, Keeley, uh, oh, and he's reached out to Keeley for some emotional support. Meanwhile, Ted is shocked that Dr. Sharon Fieldstone has been hired for the full season. There's a pretty classic moment where he doesn't know how to react, you know, whether he's upset or excited or wants to distribute leadership or give leadership, he's all over the place. Roy yeah. Kent, on the other hand, has been coaching some U9 girls in soccer and he wraps up the season and Keeley convinces him against his will to take up sports commentator role. He curses through the whole telecast, but in the end, he thanks Keeley uh, for the opportunity. Lastly, Ted grapples with risk rewards of bringing Jamie back to AFC Richmond and the closing scene, spoiler alert, as Jamie walking onto the pitch to rejoin AFC Richmond. Garth, how did that, I do? Yeah, captured a lot, a lot of good stuff there. Enough for us to carry on. And I wonder if this episode changed your favorite character. I know everybody's waiting for it, but it's not happening this time. It's Roy Kent, and here are some of the highlights from this time. While his while coaching his niece, niece's team, he's being a real jerk about participation trophies. And I think so many of us feel this in our lives. But a mother corrects him and shares that what's really important is that somebody believes in the team and each of the girls on the team. And Roy decides he needs to show this. He immediately changes course, and this is why I love him. He corrects and does the right thing. This moment actually really reminds me of a new book by Adam Grant. I may have talked about previously on a podcast, but it's called Hidden Potential. And in Hidden Potential, one of the theses that Grant put forward is that when someone believes in you, you will invariably achieve new heights. Mm. Um, secondly, you know, as stated earlier, Roy takes a chance. He is vulnerable and takes on the sports pundit role. And in the end, he shares with Keeley that it feels good to be close to the game again. Nice. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Garth? Who who you got this week? I know you're a bit of a, you know, one trick pony when it comes to liking characters. So, so what? Uh, who do you got? Uh, listen, for me in this episode, I really like Dr. Sharon Fieldstone uh, coming into a predominantly white facing organization, uh, but with a multitude of players from all over the world. She's a bit guarded, and I think that throws people off a little bit. But strategically, is able to open herself up. We learned from the last episode that she's multilingual and able to make an impact quickly and effectively. And in this episode, what I really liked and noticed is that she provides Ted with some really good boundaries, mm -hmm. knocking first. Um, but, you know, she tries his cookies after he says, oh, come on now, right? She tries his cookies. She sits and listens to Ted's monologue and just kind of lets him go and go and go, but then mirrors back to him and says, oh, that, that must work for a lot of people. It's very disarming. Uh, and then politely shows him the door. Even while he's still interested in speaking with her, he she doesn't open the door again. So I actually did a little reading on this scene and uh, Gwen Morin from Fast Company, she writes, there's something both disquieting and comforting about the team psychologist Sharon Fieldstone's manner, depending on the interactions with her. She's comfortable with silence, which Ted is clearly not. And that often spurs her counterparts to overshare which is a really good strategy in her, in her job. She's also a wise counselor helping players like Danny Rojas and Colin Hughes overcome their personal obstacles and insecurities to perform at their best. And at the, teams, at the same time, she's still willing to go and have a beer with the team after an important win. 
she's not someone you're going to win over easily. Um, and I really like that about her. And I think we start to see that she's an interruptive, not a disruptive, but an interruptive force to Ted's approach. And then that, as Rebecca says, might be just the thing to spur the team on to their first win of the season. I, I really like that. And I think she's an excellent addition to the to the cast. And uh, she certainly comes into her own throat this season. season. So uh, with that, Garth, you want to jump into our leadership lessons here? Yeah. Yeah. What did you see, Jason? So it does a nice job piggybacking off of yours. What I see here are two moments. First, with your new favorite character, Ted attempts that biscuit routine that we talked about in Food Fight. Uh, she, you know, somewhat unceremoniously takes one bite, which I think is so curious, and tells Ted she doesn't eat sugar. Now, I'm not sure that this is a fact. I think it's more of a metaphorical action, as, as you were saying earlier. What, I doc, what Dr. Fieldstone is signaling here is that she expects Ted to get deeper with her, not remain on the surface. She'll take a little bit of sweet, right? But she wants more. And for me, the leadership lesson here is that we need to account for what level of relationship each person who surrounds us needs. You know, we can't treat everybody the same. And I think Ted yeah. learns this in this moment. So in effect, we need to be the chameleon in the relationship in our leadership roles, adapting to the needs of those around us. In addition, Dr. Fieldstone is sharing her professional boundaries with Ted in a kind, subtle, yet direct way. And I think we need to remember all of this in our leadership yeah. and, and watch for those cues, similar to what you did with your basketball team, Garth. I think that uh, you're, you're watching for those cues. You felt them and mm. you asked about it. Congratulations. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, um, Last episode, you had like 18 leadership lessons. You got any more for us? Yeah, I got feedback from uh, one listener and co-host, and that listener and co-host was said, bring, bring it down from 18 to 2. So, Garth, thank you for that. I'm listening. And yeah. I do have just a quick second one. So here it is. Second thing I saw was Ted's attempt at democratic leadership style. When Ted asked the Diamond Dogs to vote with a thumbs up or a thumbs down to bring Jamie back, he is soliciting their feedback, and I believe he's doing it in an honest and genuine way. Um, and when I think about this, I think about a good friend of mine and longtime leadership partner, Gary Sylvan, who, who's longtime deputy head here at Rundle. And he introduced a strategy called Fist to Five uh, in our leadership teams. And we use it actually quite often when we're up against something that's a difficult decision. Um, if we're looking to make that decision and we're not sure what people, where people are in the decision, we'll often just say simply Fist to Five. Okay. Fist means a person will actively resist the change if it's put in. One is very, very skeptical. Mm -hmm. Two is skeptical might come along. Three is, you know, you're going to have to do the work, but I'm with you. Four is I'll do most of the work and I'm in. And five is I will lead this charge. Uh, in that moment, we see everybody's temperature in the room and we're able to make a good decision that uh, that is informed. So yeah, that I love Earth, that. I took it from uh, whatever you said, 18 down to two. <laughs> I can't wait to no, hear. I, I love that fist to five, and you know, I'm sure it's it's familiar to some some of our listeners for sure. Um, but it also reminds me of um, that sort of check for agreement mm -hmm. and Sam mm -hmm. Kaner's gradients of agreement. So, nice. on a scale of one to eight, one being I'm 100% in agreement, I really like this. Eight being veto, I block this. We need to start over, and then everything in between from agreement with minor contention, support with reservation. I'm going to abstain. Number five is more discussion needed. Number six is don't like it, but we'll support it. Seven is serious disagreement and eight is veto. Um, so yeah, using these tools to check in and the temperature, I, re I really like that and I'm glad that you noticed that. But I'm gonna pick up on that because I think 
in this episode, we have a bit of a cautionary tale in mm -hmm. uh, where Ted misses a few key moments of leadership opportunity. Uh, the first one is when Nate is asked by Ted whether or not Jamie should come back. And Nate replies that Jamie could ruin morale. It could ruin morale to have someone who is belittling everyone all the time. And then he proceeds to boss Will, the, the, uh, the, attend, the locker room attendant, uh, bosses him around and then belittles him. And says, right. oh, sorry, what were you saying? And Ted just leaves this alone and carries on. And I've spoken before about these and other moments of Nate being a harbinger of what's to come. And I just keep imagining if Ted had spoken up here about the inappropriateness of that type of leadership in his uh, in his culture. Um, the other one is the is the scene that you uh, just stopped on there that Ted calls the Diamond Dogs together, and he calls for a vote, but it's a tie. Yeah, it seems to me that a tie is fine, right, in leadership, and and Ted's going to break that tie again. Leaders can break ties. That's great. But the next time we see the Diamond Dogs, it appears that Ted has made this decision for everyone without anyone being being told about it, including the Diamond Dogs, including even Sam, who with whom he shared a special moment about the feelings that Sam has if Jamie were to come back. It seems like Ted is spurring on a little bit of chaos. Uh, it seems like Ted is just, you know, I'm the leader and I, I'm going to go ahead with this sort of everything else be damned. These are two instances that where I, th I think that Ted shirks the responsibility of responsible leadership. Yeah, Garth, I was surprised by that too. You know, I was surprised that the other guys were surprised when Jamie came out. Yeah. You know, and I think it comes back to Tenant we talked about earlier on the podcast, likely, but it's like, you know, in our leadership teams, we owe it to each other if we're going to build trust, not to surprise or embarrass those people who are with us. And mm -hmm. I think Ted may have missed that mark in this moment. Um, there are a couple uh, other really impactful. Oh, go ahead, Garth. I was just gonna say, and the the song that happens at this time is by Queen. It's called "Tear It Up," yep. right? And it and, and we talked about the emergence of a more intentional soundtrack here. And I think that Ted wants to tear it up. Maybe that's his strategy. I don't know, but I can't uh, can't really get behind it. So on a fist pretty, of five, I'd be like a one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm with you. I'm a one on that one too. We're we're out yeah. on that style of leadership. I mean, there's a lot here, Garth. Was there anything else that you spotted that that you thought worthy of a uh, chatting about? Well, I, I love the relationship that Ted has with Jamie. Uh, a lot of callbacks here from the mm -hmm. from season one. So being in education, we know that our impact on students, their learning and lives can be immediate, can be far reaching. Um, Ted showed Jamie relentless belief. Ted yep. really believes in him, supports him, even through the hard times. And I think that's significant when he meets, when Jamie meets Ted in the bar, because Jamie puts down the army figure, right, as an artifact of leadership. And we've spoken about that in the past, yep. right? Artifacts of leadership. Uh, yep. And it's an artifact of their relationship. And, and Jamie, as we know, is lost. He's having an existential breakdown. What's his purpose in life if no one wants him? Who does he turn to, right? And he ends up turning to his leader, the coach that never gave up on him. And I think about that as a, as a, uh, as a coach myself. I think about that as an educator of, of students and of other adults too. And in this moment, Ted wasn't mushy. He wasn't a he. He wasn't sort of a, a sycophant. He wasn't like trying to just support Jamie. He was giving him real talk. He was honest and he was challenging. And he continues in that with his honesty, saying in response to Jamie's request to come back to Richmond, "I don't think it's a good idea." Sending the message that he still has some maturing to do. That Jamie has maturing to do. But Ted B will be there. He will be the rock that will help him on his journey because it's not always about the football for Ted, as we know. 
Uh, and I also think it's really interesting that the next conversation that Ted has is with Sam. And Sam says something to change his mind. And so there's that idea of he's, he's listening to others all the time. Um, so that was another piece of leadership that I really loved in this episode was how his relationship with Jamie and his, and his tough talk with him too. So Garth, that was really good. Um, but for our listeners who don't have a PhD in linguistics, can you uh, break down sycophant for us? What is that word? The biggest word I've heard in weeks. It's just someone who says yes all the time. Someone who's who's not willing to challenge a leader, just to support a leader all the time. So sometimes it's used when people surround themselves with just yes people. People who just say yes all the time and, oh, my God, you're doing such a great job. We know that doesn't work in leadership. So Jamie doesn't need someone to tell him how great he is all the time. Yes, Garth. Does that mean you? Okay. Does that mean I have an honorary doctorate from Dr. Jason <laughs> Rogers? Yes, I bestowed on you in linguistics <laughs> on a podcast. So, um, okay, let's right. uh, let's jump to what you would name this episode. What's what would you rename this episode, Jason? I thought about this long and hard. I'd rename it based on our music. You know, kind of theme here is let's give them something to talk about. I think this episode's all about opening up, having an emotional conversation, sharing our inner selves. You see it with all the characters. It's one of the best things about this entire series. It encourages us to share, be vulnerable, and talk. What about you, Garth? Did, what do you got? Did they this play time? that song? Let's give them, is that in that episode? No, it's not in there. Should have been. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I would like to rename it. Are you ready? Uh, leadership. You know, leadership comes through challenges, opportunities. Uh, and as Jamie is walking on the field, as I said, this is the song that is playing Tear It Up, but it's just on repeat. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah, like, I just love that. And I think in terms of leadership, Ted is not ready to take on Nate's, you know, different view of leadership. And I wish he was. And I think it's a question that leaders always have to ask them. Are you ready? And the answer is, I think so, but I could be better prepared. Amazing. Right. And not yeah. to be a sycophant, but uh, I think uh, you're the winner, Garth. I'm, I'm, I'm all over that. So, uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty good. Can I do the leadership challenge today, Garth, given yeah, that you've done it. the big word challenge? So uh, mine's very simple. And I'd like to bring us back to uh, our leadership learning. Uh, why don't you just try Fist Five or create some kind of system where your team can openly share their opinions in a safe space and just give it a shot. And try it a few times. Make sure everybody understands the rules and uh, see what it does to your team. So there you go. I'm There's in. a leadership challenge. I love it. I'm in. I've got a couple of meetings coming up where I could use that. It's um, so listen, let's wrap this up. I do want to tease a little bit for our future episodes. Uh, next episode, we have a very special guest from the West Coast joining us. Uh, Virgil Hill from Fraser Academy is joining us next week. He's an educator. He's a coach. He's a leader at Fraser Academy. He and I have known each other for quite some time now. Um, and you know him as well too, uh, Jason. And we love yeah. talking We love talking about in particular the role that coaching plays in our lives, uh, in, our, in the lives of our athletes and in our lives uh, as leaders too. He's an avid listener and so, you know he gives me some feedback about the, the podcast. He's excited to come on. Um, so we love our listeners. So we'd love to hear what you think about this episode as well. A reminder that if you like what you've heard here, rate the podcast, share it with your friends, because delusions of grandeur still exist. We want to get Sudeikis on here. We're going to need your support. Jason, take us home. Great episode, Garth. Uh, and for everybody who's out there, until next time, keep leading the lasso way. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>